Hey everybody, it is another episode of uh, Self-Care is a New Healthcare. This is going to be about uh, exercise and weight loss. Okay. And uh, some of the pitfalls that I see a lot of people um, enjoying, not enjoying, but engaging in, I should say. I wish I would have known what I know now back when I was in college running. You and me both. And and we are um, doing this... From what we call the bunker. The bunker. We're at our friend's um, place in Colorado. and uh, <laughs> It's it's Spartan at best. <laughs> a little old. A little old, too, as you can see from this fine paneling and, uh, behind us if you're watching us. And uh, he's a Penn State grad. We don't hold against him. I'm, of course, I'm Georgia Tech, and Amy's... Uh, all Arkansas. All Arkansas. And, and, we're, and we've got the dogs with us This today. is Loki. This is uh, Brian's Border Collie, who's actually the son of my old Border Collie. So I really wish we would have known what we know now when we were competing as college athletes. And uh, we're going to talk about all of those things we wish we would have known um, right after we listen to the Hellroys. I don't take nothing. That a doctor don't prescribe I don't do no drugs, man I don't do no drugs, man I don't smoke no blood, man I don't do no drugs, man It angers up that blood, man So I don't do no All right. drugs And we're back And uh, <clears throat> let's get to it, shall we? All right So you gave me a whole long list of things <laughs> that are impacted That impact, uh, that exercise impacts Both positively and negatively um, I just want to start out with the only one that I understand that I think is really cool. Cause I try to look at everything from how we evolved. When I look at food, I always look at the, you know, evolution, the anthropology of the food, um, the degree that you wanted, what was it called? Culinary, uh, what was the degree you wanted to get? Food anthropology. Food anthropology. Well, this is kind of like exercise anthropology and that the, the stat that stood out the most to me was that when we exercise, it reminds our body of what we're supposed to be doing. As we grew, um, you know, from our paleo and even our Neolithic past, we, our body responds positively when we when we exercise. It it it's te- it wants to move. It wants to move, and when we're sedentary, it tells our body that something's wrong, mm-hmm. and it puts us into survival mode. And survival mode back then meant short term, but right. we're doing survival mode for de- long term decades. And it's not hard to see why our health is, is horrible. So exercise is every bit as important as nutrition. And, I, and, and if, you know, you can call it exercise, you can call it physical activity, whatever you want to call it. But you have, it's all about moving your body. All right? right. Yeah, I don't think paleo man was um, out there exercising all day long, but they might have sprint, sprinted for a little bit to catch something or you know, walked a long distance to get some food. Well, they were certainly moving a lot more than we are. They're moving all the time. Can guarantee you that. I mean, they, didn't they, what's, what's this, the um, statement about si- sitting is the new... Smoking. Yeah, sitting is the new smoking. It's really that detrimental. It's really that bad. And, um, you know, like Paul and I said, there's things that we wish we would have known when we were um, training as athletes a long time ago. Uh, we weren't necessarily trying to lose weight. We were just trying to improve performance. Right. But this also applies to you guys who are um, wanting to improve your health overall or are struggling to lose weight. Because I think a lot of people um, immediately go to two things when they're trying to lose weight. 
diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of you are doing things wrong <laughs> on the diet part, which we've already covered. And now we're going to talk about the exercise part. And there's really a, um, a spectrum. And um, on one extreme, you have those of you who aren't doing... There he goes. I knew he wouldn't stay up here long. Um, those of you who are not doing anything and those of you who are doing way too much. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're trying to find a happy medium, a happy balance um, in between those extremes. And that's really what it comes down to is balance, which is what it always comes down to, well, you balance. Can, you can actually see them the same. Is if we said that sedentary put us, put us in survival mode, I would think that over-exercising also puts us into a survival mode because the, the amount of output versus the nutrients going in is yeah, imbalanced and, and you're gonna it's gonna stress you. And we're gonna talk about that. All right, so but first you... I wanna talk about the positive things that exercise and movement, physical activity does for your body and why you can't simply see it as optional. And that's what a lot of people wanna see it as, is it's optional. It's like something I should be doing but I don't have to. And I'm here to tell you that, that if you're not doing it, it's going to bite you in the butt. At some point, yep. and it probably already has. By doing your big butt, and your yeah, <laughs> and the longer you don't do it, the bigger your butt's gonna be. Um, all right, so let's talk about um, the 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 mitochondrial impacts. Okay. From from exercise and physical activity, and the mitochondria, and I talk about mitochondria a lot throughout these topics. Is you know uh, they're these. Organelles are in within every cell of your body except your red blood cells. And they're really the powerhouses and the energy producers of your cells. So if you want your cells to do what they're supposed to do, whether that is a cell in your heart, your liver, your vessels, your brain, your ovaries, your testicles for you men out there, if you want it to do what it's supposed to do, you have your your mitochondria have to be working efficiently to produce the energy to do what that cell is supposed to do. And exercise increases the amount of mitochondria and the efficiency of the mitochondria because the mitochondria at the end of the day need oxygen. Okay? Oxygen is very important. You have to have it to produce energy. Okay. Okay. And um, and so <clears throat> if you, and a lot of people that we see in my clinic who um, are always fatigued, not feeling well, you know, they always want to blame it on their thyroid, which, you know, ultimately could be playing a part. But at the cell level, it, I see it as a mit mitochondrial issue. Does it matter what type of exercise? Um, it, some intensity helps okay. a lot. Okay. Um, what about strength training versus cardio? You Bo know, both beneficial? Both are beneficial. Absolutely. Okay. Because there is some intensity when you're lifting weights. And these again, emulate things that we would have done in our right. because genetic past. When you exercise, you tend to breathe deeper, right? You have to... Give your body the oxygen the cells need to do what you're trying to make it do. So exercise actually helps you breathe deeper and consume more oxygen. And that oxygen is feeding those mitochondria and helping them produce energy and help them doing and help them to um, do the cellular activity that is that is programmed for them to do. So the exact opposite of the stressed office life where you're 
sitting and you're stressed and you're taking shallow breaths. Exactly. Okay. And that's why I encourage people who have office jobs to get up, you know, a couple of times an hour and just do a little walk around in the office or something. Get up, move your body. Don't just sit there all day long. It's horrible for you. Horrible, horrible, horrible. All right, so we talked about the mitochondria. Cross that one off. And then, I mean, if you think about it, that's that we're talking about the cellular level. Mm-hmm. And the mitochondria, you have mitochondria all over your body. And they want to do what they're supposed to do. And if you want them to do that efficiently, get them the oxygen they need. So if you give them the oxygen, you give them the nutrients, they're going to be... Yeah. With the, jump, jump down to DNA expression. Okay. Just because I think it's the most closely related to mitochondria. <clears throat> so we've always say that, you know, I know that um, we said that it exercises part of our ancestry. This is how we evolved. But you always tell me that, that exercise actually changes gene expression. Your lifestyle and environment are constantly interacting with your DNA. And that, um, that interaction is either going to be expressed negatively or positively. And this is amplified over generations. It, and it has an epigenetic transfer. So if daddy was lazy, you've got that, you're already a little bit behind the eight ball. Right. And then if you're going to be lazy, your offspring are going to be behind the eight ball. And folks, this has only been happening for the last hundred years. Prior to 100 years ago, everyone was active. <laughs> and you can see it if you just, and I'm always amazed when I look at the old pictures. Beautiful. Everybody was thin. Yep. And I'm not talking about, you know, during um, famine. The famine and, and all these plagues and stuff were in the inner cities where everybody was, you know, um, just bombarded with all kinds of horrid living conditions. I'm talking about, you know, in the 30s, 40s, when people. Or the roaring 20s. Or the roaring 20s. When there was money flowing everywhere. And yet people were still skinny. Yes. Even in the, I look at pictures of my mom and dad, you know, mm. back in the 70s even. They were thin. Everybody was thin. Yeah. I've used this example before, but for our older audience that used to watch the Honeymooners and know who Jackie Gleason is, he was the fat man. For In Arkansas, he'd be the normal man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's, uh, it's... And that's how much things have changed. And this is not a vanity issue, folks. I don't want people like, we're not fat shaming. We'd never, ever do that. This is not about vanity. This is about, about your, health. It's about, it's about health, your health and optimizing your health. Let's just keep it there. And the quality of your life. If you want to have, uh, you know, everybody, t you know, everybody wants to live long, but if you want to live well, you're going to need to move your body. No way around it. And why would you not? It's going to increase the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't understand why people are so resistant to physical activity. Time. It is a time. The illusion of time. I guarantee you. you. There's time to do it. And we're going to talk about that. We got rid of our TV about a month ago. And we got back a lot of time. Not that we were watching that much TV anyway. But even then, it's the mindless sucking of energy and but time. But it doesn't take that much time to get to do to engage in physical activity that is going to benefit you. Correct. Okay. You don't need you, to be running marathons. You don't have to hit a home run every single no, time. All right. So what's next on our list? Immune health. So, yes, that is a very appropriate topic right now uh, with COVID, everybody freaking out. Um, your immune health. All right. 
lot more than wearing a mask and staying six feet away from each other. And that's all we ever hear, right? Nothing mask, about... Mask, six feet. Nothing no, about diet, nothing, nothing about... Nothing about diet, lifestyle, exercise, nutrients. None of that is ever discussed. It's always about freaking mask and staying six feet away from somebody. Don't get me started. But... If you want to improve your chances of not being symptomatic, if you do come in contact with this virus... Which you will at some point. Which you will at some point. You can't stop the spread of a virus. It's going to do what all viruses do. Make the round. So you're either going to be symptomatic or asymptomatic um, if you come in contact with it or have minimal symptoms. And so if you want to have minimal symptoms, then you're going to want to engage in regular physical activity because we know exercise has anti-inflammatory influences uh, mediated by various immune pathways. Okay? Already, you already said that it, from the mitochondria level, it's improving efficiency. I mean, that alone would help because yeah, your body's just working better. It's a, it's a well-running machine. Well, and you, these immune cells have mitochondria. Okay. <laughs> All right. Everything but red blood cells has it. Exactly. Everything but red blood cells. And so so exercise and physical activity, movement, um, improves immune regulation and decreases dysregulation. And the people who are becoming symptomatic with COVID have dysregulation occurring from either not engaging in physical activity or too much. I think I think this one probably screams over exercising. This is the one that can really I think everyone gets that if you over exercise that you could compromise your immune cell because you're tired. And when you're tired whether it's sleep or over exercise or stress from your job, all these things wear you down and make you susceptible. And we already know this from research that shows that people who these endurance athletes get sick during, you know, um, the week or two prior to the big event or right after mm -hmm. because they're training super hard. And I have seen this time and time again in some of my patients who are endurance athletes. Folks. they I can't tell you how many times it happens. They do the big race and then lo and behold, I'm getting messages and texts and emails and they're sick. Right. I mean... But that's then that's we're talking about the over ex exercising part of this. You can, um, you can just look at it even longer. No top level athlete is long lived. You're not going to find a hundred year old one that did marathons constantly. Could there be an outlier? I may if you, if you email us, I'm sure you may have found one. But in general, top level athletes die young because they're basically just burning the candle at all at both ends and in the middle, and they're. They're stressing the body. They're pushing it beyond its normal. Guess what? We didn't evolve that way. We evolved to get some food and rest. Yep. Get some food and rest. We didn't evolve to get some food and then go try to get some more, but don't eat it and get some more and don't eat it and you keep moving. We didn't evolve that way. It's all about that balance. And, and I know, and if you're not, you know, bottom line, okay, and we could get into all the immune pathways and all the ways that physical activity um, is beneficial to those, but it gets very complicated very quick. Bottom line is physical activity is beneficial to your immune system. Should we take a moment just to explain what we mean 
as beneficial exercise and kind of give some parameters? And, you know, what what, what would be considered light exercise, I'd moderate? Like to do, I'd like to do that at the end. At the end? Okay. Or after we go through each one of those topics. All right. You're changing things up on me, Paul. I try not to. Imu- you, I'm immune health, then. Huh? I said we've done immune health. Let's yes. Do, let's do hormone balance. Hormones. And we're talking more about sex hormones, um, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, because we're going to talk about the endocrine system and thyroid in a little bit. But exercise in men, you incre- it increases your testosterone level. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also in women as well. And so a lot of men will come to me, you know, oh, I'm, I've got low T. And they're not, they're sedentary. They're not doing anything. So first, first thing I tell them to do is you got to get active, dude. And it's that ratio. So if they're sedentary, their estrogen to testosterone levels, the estrogen is a higher ratio than, right? Typically, yes. And it, well, and it depends on, a lot of that is depends on if they're aromatizing what testosterone they have to estrogen too. Okay. What, you could have men who produce a lot of testosterone, but they're also aromatizing a lot of it to estrogen too. So they're still in a, they still have high estrogen levels. And that's when men get those boob, Get man boobs. Man boobs. Yes. No man boobs here. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you just did that. Okay. So anyway... Um, and if you're carrying around extra pounds because you're sedentary, mm-hmm. you're going to have sex hormone imbalances. And, and for you women out there, it tends to be you have estrogen dominance. Um, fat cells secrete estrogen-like compounds. Um, and those estrogen-like compounds are very inflammatory and um, just cause and also are impacting... Um, your thyroid function as well, and so it's 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 this, like again, it's a it's a big balancing act. This is why you you get so frustrated with people who come in. They go, yeah, I got a doctor who's got my hormones dialed in. They got them dialed in for that messed up lifestyle that you have. Yeah, I know. They're you're, you, exactly. You're, you're trying to dial it in to an improper balance. It's like no, folks, that's not what functional medicine is about. It's about getting everything balanced and then seeing where your hormones are, then adjusting it. So exercise in general decreases those estrogen levels, which is good because, you know, a lot of you guys who are carrying around extra weight are, you know, estrogen dominant. Mm -hmm. And that is not a good place to be because it's going to interfere with your endocrine system, your immune system, and a lot of other things. Um, So another reason to... Get off your butt. All right? We've got to move. Got to move. Got to, got to. And also, another thing about estrogen, cancer loves estrogen, just so you know. That's why people who are um, overweight or obese have much, much higher risks for developing cancer. Would talking about mood and and those type of things be a good time with, with, with the hormone section? The fact that the endorphins that exercise produces, the, the feeling good... That's in mental well-being down there. Oh, I've so. got you covered, dude. All right. I, I, I make these things. You ask me to do this, and I do it. Folks, if you saw how she barks them out, <laughs> it's not like she's laying this out for me. She's difficult. I, I, yeah, I can be. All right. Thyroid and endocrine. So, thyroid, everybody wants to blame everything on their thyroid. And if they just could get enough thyroid medication, all would be well. I, if it was only that simple, people, 
You know, there again, we have people who want a supplement for their thyroid or they want to, I need somebody to adjust my thyroid medication. Well, there's lots of things impacting the way your thyroid works. And exercise and physical activity are one of those things. No way around it. Exercise increases free T3. We know this. We, there's research that has, that has shown that um, after periods of regular activity, you check people's um, thyroid function, their TSH, is, their TSH levels come down, their free T3 and T3, T4 levels go up. Does it help with that conversion of T4 to T3? Yes. Okay. Because there's lots of things that are impacting the conversion of that active T3 um, from T4 to T3. And, you know, uh, immune dysfunction impacts that. Elevated cortisol levels impact that. Nutrient deficiencies can impact that. All kinds of things can impact the conversion of T4 to T3. You know what does not impact this at all? Heavy metals can do it as well. Uh huh. Your endocrinologist. <laughs> Your, Their endocrinologist doesn't look at any of has, this. Has your endocrinologist ever, ever talked to you about how exercise impacts your thyroid levels? The most... Or the, even the conversion, or the things that even impact the conversion of T4 to T3. They don't even measure things like that. They don't even think what you eat impacts the way your thyroid functions. This is, this is, that's archaic. They put, they put your lab values into their little chart to see how you do that they're you're that your thyroid levels in that box and they're sitting in their little box telling you what to do but not in relation to really what the real what the real world that, is no it's it's I, I don't even know why people continue to go see endocrinologists they don't that's why they that's have why a, they come see us they come see us <laughs> so and then also um exercise positively affects the amount of circulating thyroid hormones Okay, so it actually is helping your body produce more and circulate more. It um, exercise can decrease stress. It's a great way to decrease stress, which in fact is going to decrease cortisol levels, which is going to improve thyroid function. Okay, excessive amounts of cortisol, for whatever reason, stress is a big part of that, is going to negatively impact the way your thyroid hormones work at the cell level. This is so when you say stress, that means over exercise also. Over exercising as well. And we're gonna talk about Remember that exercise is stress. Some stress is good, too much is too bad. Right. You not need good. you need some stress. Okay, yeah. that, that's what keeps you you have to have a little bit. It's it it's the chronic excessive day in, day out of mismanaged stress, uh, whether it's mental, emotional or physical, or the stress of chronic disease and all kinds of things can make your, your cortisol levels shoot up. Bad diets can. Well, this next one is the least intuitive to me. I know everything is in the gut. As Hippocrates says, all things begin in the gut. Yep. How does exercise, and even, in, I usually know all this stuff, but I really don't see the connection for gut health and exercise. And a lot of people don't, but we do have some research about it because we do know that, um, that exercise, regular physical activity, increases the levels of certain gut bacteria that produce what we call butyrate. Butyrate is one uh, is a, a type of short chain fatty acid. Um, and butyrate produces satiety hormones in addition to um, 
being the primary fuel source for your colon cells so that they maintain their integrity. And so that's, that's really good for gut health. All right? And if it's good for your gut, it's good for your immune system. And if it's good for your immune system, it's good for almost everything, right? I would not have... So, and then it also um, exercise does tend to help people um, help people stay regular and not constipated. Okay. And um, constipation is not a good thing because that's going to decrease your detoxification efforts because we detoxify elimination and through our feces is one way we get rid of a lot of um, toxic um, byproducts. Well, detox is our next section, but before we go there, I want to puzzle this and exercise in general increases the healthy microbes and the composition uh, that we want in our colon and maybe that explains why with moderate exercise i'm not hungry i find that my sati- satiety hormones the satiety hormones but yesterday we over exercised we went out for a four-hour bike ride we didn't mean to Amy looks at her. We were going, constantly climbing, and we. Um, she said, we were surrounded by beauty. This was a beautiful bike ride along Lincoln Creek. I'm, I'm drop dead gorgeous views of the river, the mountains. It the so, weather was perfect, and we ended up riding two hours before we even decided to stop and consider that hey, maybe we we want to turn back now. We got to go back. So we we over exercised, which. Not really. But I mean, maybe a, a little, little bit. bit but we, I, we, we pushed ourselves. We pushed ourselves. So they, I didn't have that satiety hormone. I came back and ate a whole pizza. So maybe, <laughs> is there a correlation there? Because I really, if I exercise normally, I'm not that hungry. Probably. But I, yeah. but I went ape crap when we got home. I, I, I could you not. What? I was going to say ape shit, but I said ape <laughs> crap. Um, uh, it just, I couldn't stop eating. But I, I think again, my body was in survival mode. Uh, your your cortisol levels were probably elevated okay. because that was a that was a stress, and you didn't even you didn't feel good after we got back to the truck. No, I was bonking. Yeah, for you, so, that, for so that is a stress for people who don't know what bonking is. Bonking is basically your body just gives up, and you're so people who act you do have long, run out of energy. Yep, you hit the wall is the other term, and your lactic acid levels have increased greatly, and it's just pretty detrimental. Every marathoner listening knows what I'm talking about. Yes. Hitting the wall is what we also like to call it. All right. Well, so yeah, gut health um, is positively impacted by um, exercise, not over exercise, but moderate exercise. And in fact, um, the endurance athletes, and I know a lot of cyclists too, and I've even experienced this myself when I've been doing, doing endurance races and those adventure races that I used to do. Um, I would have all kinds, I'd get diarrhea during them. Because electrolytes? Electrolyte imbalances. Um, for whatever reason, it was, uh, and a lot of other people have said the same thing, that either during the event or right after, their 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 GI systems were messed up. Remember that one with the Iron Man? Bless her heart. She was trying to finish the race. The Iron Man, of course, is the swimming, the biking, and the running. Um, she crapped herself. Okay, yeah, you didn't really have but to no, go but, there. But, but she was trying to come towards the finish line, and she looked like she was about to die, and maybe she was, but it was going everywhere. Yeah, that's... that. Her body was shutting there's down. There's no telling what was going on in that poor body of hers. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good example of too much exercise. <laughs> if, you crap, if you crap yourself, back off. 
Oh my gosh, I didn't really I really didn't want it to go off into the gutter like it has. But you started oh with well. the elimination. Oh well. All right, detox. Because you mentioned about elimination is important for detox, but I can see how detox and exercise are because sweating, all that. Well, that's so, the, and that's what the one of the reasons why physical activity is so great. You sweat, and we get rid of some nasty stuff through our sweat and through our breath. You know, so if you're exhaling a lot, you're also getting rid of, of a lot of things as well. And if you're hydrating, that's why you don't want to have a freaking mask on your face for eight hours at a time. Just saying. True. True that. True that. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 sweating helps you detox. The proper bowel movements and proper microbial yes. help you detox. And, proper respiration helps you detox. And also, when you lower inflammation levels and you um, are in a pro um, immune state, and your in exercise, we know lessens that immune dis dysregulation that we have, it's always going to impact your liver function. And that is the primary detox organ. Mm -hmm. So if you can get your if you can get your liver to work better, you're going to detoxify better. And the mitochondria of your liver are also going to be more efficient because of exercise. And that's also going to help you detoxify better. So I did a little research on this one, and I thought this was an interesting, and, you, and you, this comes back to, if you don't have time, you have to do something. Because this the data on this said, is in little as 10 minutes of exercise, we're not saying that's enough, but this phenomenon occurred at about the 10 minutes standpoint of exercise, where your body, um, it tags worn out proteins mm -hmm. to be removed. Yep. I thought that was fascinating because that's not a, that's that's taking detox where your body's like I'm actively going to take out the trash. This protein is terrible. I'm going to get rid of it. Well, that's not really part of the detox process. It's not. Se. No, that's just that's just that's more of a lymphatic getting rid of um, debris and things like that. Uh, detoxifying is more about changing the the the, the structure. Um, of something that is toxic and making it less toxic. Well, it seems throwing out trash would be a good and, one. But I guess you could, you know, clump it in together with that. But that's just amazing. But that's about more about repair. That's amazing, folks. Exactly. Well, that's that. You cannot repair until you take out the trash. So if you're not exercising, not only are you not taking out the trash, even though you're resting, your body's not repairing, and right. that's mind-blowing because you think that okay i'm resting i should be doing some good to my body wrong wrong because you never did the other to take out the trash to allow the repair to occur it's almost like the the trash is occupying the space you got to get rid of it to allow the repair to occur so i thought that was fascinating and just because it happens in 10 minutes that's when it starts to happen so i'm not saying that's your threshold it's like i'm just giving that as a piece of data that is in little as 10 minutes you start to see some benefits but we're really talking more about 20 30 yeah. minutes of moderate exercise and if you want to talk and if we if we're on the topic of repair exercise makes you sleep better absolutely i slept, um, like, I slept like a log last night yeah i did too and um and when you and when you sleep better you're getting into those deep stages of sleep where taking out the trash occurs. You have to get into those deep stages of sleep before your body can take out the trash and repair itself. I know you say stress is stress, but I'm going to, this is a good example where stress is not stress. I stressed my body yesterday and it made me sleep like a champ because it was exercise. 
if I'm stressed because of financial stress or something that's going on in my life emotionally, I don't my sleep. My business. <laughs> I don't sleep at all. Well, I do, I do but I'm in and out. I'm yeah. in and out. And I never feel rested. I never am repairing my body. I know. Uh, sleep is, and that's, you know, we've talked about sleep before, but um, yeah, extra. I sleep better when I get a good workout in. Yep. And I don't do it late at night either. I don't do it in the evening because that's just going to energize me and I'm not going to get to bed until very early. I mean, until very late. And I tend to, like most people, if you sweat a lot, you're going to have some electrolyte imbalances that are often hard to correct in time before you go to bed. So that's a time your exercise properly. Right. You have to have, what, a couple hours at least? For me, it just depends on what type of activity and how, it is. And how intense. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to talk about kind of how to judge if you're not, how to judge if you're getting enough or too much. Okay. okay? We'll talk about that in a second. You want to do adrenal health or mental well-being next? Um, the adre- Let's go over the adrenal health part because, you know, exercise, we know, is a natural way for most people to reduce their stress. It gets your mind off whatever it is. It's your... your you're stressing about, um, which is always good, and then, and so it puts your. It's going to help reduce cortisol levels at least temporarily while you can get your mind off of some things, and always getting oxygen, you know, to um, to your brain is going to also uh, indirectly start decreasing cortisol levels. It's because of that HPA axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. It's always trying to maintain this homeostasis. And um, when you deep, when you breathe deep, you get oxygen to your brain, and then that, and then the brain stops sending signals to your adrenal glands to keep secreting adrenaline and cortisol in an effort to keep your, you know, to get more oxygen into the brain. I want to call a flaw in our design because it's amazing when we get stressed, we breathe shallow. Which is the exact opposite of what we need to do. Yeah. I wonder where evolutionary where we made it were. Well, if you're if you're sitting down, you're going to breathe shallow. But right. if you're moving around, it's a different ball game. You're you you will be able to breathe deeply because that helps you get away from, you know, the bear. So if the bear's there, you're going to breathe deep. The bear. If the bear's there, you're going to be be breathing deep. And I was watching out for bears yesterday too. I just knew we were going to come up on. A bear in one of these deep in the wood places we were. You weren't worried though. No, I mean I've seen. I've she wasn't worried because she had me. I'm slower than her, so she knows the only thing she has to worry about is being just a little faster That's than me. That's right. And therefore I'm bear bait. <laughs> You'd do it too. No, I would not. All right. Um, anything else about adrenal health? No. I mean, your adrenals are so complicated. It, the, it, there's lots of things that make your body produce excessive amounts of cortisol and adrenaline. This is the HP axis. This is the HPA axis. And I really wanted to talk about adrenal health more so from a, a, an aspect of over-exercising. Because that's I think, is really where a lot of the damage comes from. Yeah. Is over-exercising. And whenever you do that, these stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline primarily, um, increase as well as pro-inflammatory cytokines in response to this to this ex, to these excessive workouts so you are causing systemic inflammation and excessive amounts of cortisol that is going to hamper your 
um, weight loss efforts because these um, excessive amounts of adrenal hormones interfere with everything your immune system your detoxification pathways your sex hormones your thyroid function and your gut health and it tends to be more on cardio exercise than the strength training yes and that's where people most people go wrong is they're just cardio 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 high, you know hit classes crossfit crossfit all uh, two hit classes in one day you know um just never only give themselves like one day of rest a week and they're just hitting it hard and people tend to go for the cardio. Mm-hmm. Got to burn calories, right? Got to burn those calories. Stop. Please stop approaching weight loss in that with that mindset of calories in, calories out. That is so misleading. And we've when we've talked about this in the other podcast. Yeah, not all calories are equal. Not all calories are equal. And it's not just about burning calories. It's actually what is this physical activity doing to all these different immune and hormone pathways? And okay. you'd be surprised. Uh, so, it goes back to, again, why top athletes don't live a long time. You're stressing your body. Or, or if they do, um, it's they're not in the best of health. Well, they're not in the best of health because they've constantly stressed right. themselves. I mean, I've, I've seen... I have friends my age who were hardcore athletes like myself and don't use functional medicine approaches to their health. They're not in good shape right now. Well, I, it's like their body is just broke. It's just broken down. All of my running gurus that I followed when I was a track athlete and a, and a long distance runner, every year, they'd be, yeah, sixty six died. Yeah, sixty eight died or had a heart attack. Now, they, yeah, because they, their hearts are enlarged. And I, this is a good example. I'll use my no, example. They're not always enlarged. Well, they're just overstressed. I mean, they just, they don't live. It's not alone. just like their heart is the reason they died. No, there's they've stressed immune, immune dysfunction. Everything. Yeah. Just, Ultimately, at the cell level, it's immune dysfunction. I mean, you, you can almost use the, the steroid example as to understand that you have to have enough rest. For those who don't understand why pro athletes take steroids, which again will kill them early yeah. because it's so horrible for you, you're, you're short-circuiting the rest cycle. It allows you to exercise more frequently. Without as much rest so basically downtown. yeah you're just basically eliminating the rest but with the use of the steroids and it's you can do it a day after day after day so long as you got those anabolic steroids on yeah so on it, you get huge and you get fast and you do all this it's tearing your body up yeah but short term you're going to get marvelous results short gains and so you but can long horrible long-term consequences so if you flip that around you look at over exercise without rest and without steroids man you've really your body's yeah. like what what's up Again, going back to how we evolved, like something must be terribly wrong. There must be lots of bears chasing us. So I'm going to shut down because we have to survive because I don't have time to get food or this. So I'm going to. So that's why the weight loss efforts are hampered. Yes. Okay. There's um, and we can talk about the. There's a There's a few things I want to mention that aren't on your list. But are you finished with? Are you finished yeah, with mental well-being? We haven't talked about okay. mental well-being. Just, just adrenal. Okay. Um. Mental well-being. All right. Endorphins. Love them. I feel them. Man, I feel great after a a good workout where I just didn't, you know, like we did yesterday and rode way too long probably for the circumstances. Um, But, man, I feel great after a good workout. Mm -hmm. And it lasts for a long time. It's such a mood enhancer. When growing up, my mom and I are super close. She knows me so well. But if I was in a grumpy or jerk mode, she goes, she goes, Paul Michael, Go for a run. 
And I would. I'd go out, run four or five miles, come back. I was a sweet child again. <laughs> but it also helps you burn off adrenaline at the same time. Yeah, it, and it, adrenaline it, makes you anxious and nervous. And if you're chronically stressed, you tend to feel that way. And uh, for me, anyway, it does the same thing. Yeah. I work out, the anxiety goes away, and I feel a lot better. What does that thing keep going on? I don't know. Folks, I'm, I'm making it so we can see ourselves is why I keep moving forward like that. The screen goes off. But I like watching what we're doing for some reason. And then also, um, I, know, I know some other thing is exercise actually helps with reducing pain. Because endorphins are also pain reducers. Loki is... <laughs> I don't know if y'all can hear. Loki's trying to grub down... Um, he comes, he's he on does. a weight loss program right now, and he's doing really well, but he's food focused. So anyway, yeah, pain and um, endorphins help with pain. Mm-hmm. And but, a lot of but a lot of people don't want to work out because they're in pain, and they they think it's going to make it worse. And sometimes that could be true, depending on what it is. Injury versus lack of. For for me, you know, because I have the bad hip. Moderate exercise, I it reduces my pain. Mm-hmm. It. Any t- motion reduces pain because you're getting the lubrication. Things are moving. Things, it's all the above. I mean, we get into the why of the joints move better when you move. But it, if your joints sitting there all the time, that's why you when you get up from sitting, you're stiff. That's a pretty good warning sign that it's not improving your mobility. No, not at all. Sitting is never going to improve your mobility. No. And um, so anyway, because I know, um, you know, I'm a woman. Sometimes I get menstrual cramps. Um, and within five minutes of getting on a bike, it's gone. And it's gone throughout the whole ride. That's why I'm and so a- en- those endorphins kick in for me really quick because we start off fast. But, uh, and pain goes away. That's why I help you exercise so much. Ha ha. Ha ha. I'm not mean. Every woman out there is going, he is such a jerk. I'm not mean, though. <laughs> no, you she, even you, say this all the time. I know, but you, since you pick on me, I had to get my one all little right. shot in. So there's a couple of things before we um, get to the over-exercising over and trying to figure out if you're doing too much or not. Is um, Exercise also increases um, insulin sensitivity. That's a big, big deal right there. For those of you who might be pre-diabetic or diabetic or not, or, for everybody, really, it improves insulin sensitivity, um, and then so that so that glucose can get into the cell and do what it needs to do, and then also um, would that improve insulin overshoot? Not necessarily. Because I mean that would that would directly correlate with satiety because we know that you know the vicious carb cycle when you eat carbs you produce insulin your insulin overshoots which makes you hungry again. That, so that you doesn't eat... necessarily mean you do, you're insensitive. Okay. Some people have. Um, are insensitive, and that's why they have at the, elevated at, at the cellular level. And that's why they have yes, elevated glucose levels. Okay. So, and then there's another hormone that we've discovered recently called, and I don't know if I'm saying this right. I was doing some research. Um, irisin, I R I S I N. Um, this is often called the exercise hormone, um, and it activates genes that convert white fat to brown fat. Brown fat is much more metabolically active. It's usable. It's usable. And um, then this uh, exercise hormone also regulates stem cells to become bone building instead of fat cells. Okay. Um, And then it also protects your brain cells from injury and aging and systemic inflammation. I mean, there's a whole anti-aging with exercise. Right. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. The blue zones. 
that we always talk about, you know, mostly with regard to their diet, but they also are all very active. Moderate. Moderate activity. They have found a, a good balance. So, folks, let's, let's go back to white fat, brown fat, because that's a huge one, because, again, about how we evolved. White fat, once you have it, it's almost impossible to, to lose that fat because it's not usable. So by converting it, you think of exercise... It's just a storage place. It's just a bad storage place. And so you think about exercise, oh, I'm burning calories, I'm going to lose weight. Here's a good example of the indirect exercise where the exercise is converting the white fat to brown fat. Then once you have it, it's usable as a fuel source, whereas the white fat, it really is not. Right. So, I mean, that's huge. That's... Mm -hmm. That, I think that kind of throws the whole, I got to burn calories to lose weight. It's like, no, you don't. You need to really first you need to convert that white fat to brown fat. And if you're stressing yourself, you're probably not doing that, right? right? Correct. Okay. No, you're, you're impeding that, that process. Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Balance, people. Always comes down to balance. That's what this body's trying to do all day long is just trying to find a balance. And we do everything, in our, we, we do everything <laughs> to screw it up. Modern life does. Modern, modern, life. modern life does, absolutely. Okay. All right, so I want to talk. How do you know if you're doing too much? Well. And, 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 and this person's amount of activity could be perfect for them, but too much for you, depending on what's going on in your life. And I know a lot of people who are shortchanging themselves on sleep so they can get up at 4.30 in the morning and go to the gym. That is a bad move. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're exercising, but why are you shortchanging yourself on sleep? So we, we've got to make some, some, um, some changes here. We've got to negotiate. And that's what we often do with these people is negotiate. Um, so, and... and and everybody thinks that they, you know, if I can just train like the Olympic athlete. <laughs> well, that Olympic athlete, first of all, does not have a full-time job. Their job is to work out. They are eating really, really well because they all have um, dietitians. A lot of them have functional medicine um, dietitians and physicians uh, making sure that they're eating really, really well. They are sleeping really well. Um, most of them because they are not working full-time jobs and don't have children and taking care of grandparents and things like that. Um, stress tends to be a little low. So yeah, their bodies can handle these the, these types of workouts. And, that, that was also and, steroids. And training. And steroids. And, and steroids. So folks, I actually, at Georgia Tech when I was there... Yeah, they're using steroids, people. Come on. So I, I was in Georgia Tech in the um, early 80s and I did train with Olympic athletes. In fact, two of them were world record holders. And um, one of the guys I trained with a lot, it was they were trying to convert him to a to a half miler from a quarter mile. So they kind of assigned me to work out. I did the exact same workouts as a world record holder. And the more I trained with them, come track meet time, my times were doing. I was not running as well because I was trying to keep with up with him. The coaches loved it because I was training like a maniac, but I was tearing my body down. He was on steroids. I was not. I didn't know that at the time, but they were. You were working. Oh, yeah. Also, I had a real degree. I was getting an engineering degree, and they may have been not, and a lot of these people didn't and actually. And he was working crazy hours. Yeah, so I had a lot more stress on my body, and um, they were on full scholarship. I was impartial. All the, all the above, that's why I had to work. But 
I pretty much harpooned and, and ruined my track career in college by trying to overtrain. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I wish I would have known what I know now. I would have taken the rest. I still would not have taken the steroids, folks, because it's a, it's a short-term gain, and they all have health issues later on. But I think I still could have had a much better career if I would have said, hey, you know what? I'm going to rest today. Yeah. As opposed to more, more, more. And that's what a lot of that's what a lot of you don't want to do is like I, I see it. You know, when we we ask these questions for um, especially on our initial investigation for new patients is we ask them a lot about how they feel before and after they exercise, what types of exercise they're engaging in, and a lot of you guys are telling us, you know. Um, I'm so tired after I work out or I don't work out because I'm so tired, you know, or, or you, you're, you're tired, but you're still making your body stop it. Rest. Your body is trying to tell you it is not wanting, it can't do what you're wanting it to do because it needs to rest. And when you don't allow it, when you ignore those, those signs and symptoms of extreme fatigue, joint pain, trouble sleeping and things like that, um, because you're exercising all the time, you know, it's going to backfire on you and you're going to get fat. And that's exactly what a lot of you are telling me that's going on is you're, you're, do, you're working out, you're eating right and you're still fat. And then I start looking and investigating and our coaches start looking and investigating about what you're doing. And I'm like, well, no shot, no surprise. I mean, it, you're, you're stressed, you're overstressing your body. And I've I've made the same mistakes. And and when I started backing off on my routines and my training regimen, especially on my bike, the weight would start coming off. I'm like, how how in the world? What happened? I think the bigger... Stop stressing my body. So, folks, I mean, ideally you'll find the the Goldilocks zone for an individual exercise as well as your rest period. But I think I can make it a little bit easier. It's less important... To worry about that individual exercise if you overdo it as long as you allow your body to rest it's the repetitive too hard no rest too hard no rest right. if you do too hard your body's probably going to love it if you gave yourself a couple days rest before you did something in when i say a couple days rest that could be walking you didn't have to be and nothing could be active recovery is what yeah. we call it yeah taking so. a stroller you know t- walking around the neighborhood with your dog or something like that still moving but not doing that high intensity those high intensity workouts that so many of you back like to, to back to back like to do these days and i'm telling you you don't have to do it Everybody wants to focus on intensity and cardio, and you're wanting to ignore a lot of things that are very good for you and still will benefit you in all those ways that we have discussed. Weight training. Why are so many of you ignoring the weights? And it, I, I wish I would have started, and I, I was. I was, a, I was weight training, you know, two decades ago. I, I, and it stopped because I started cycling so much, and I didn't really have that much time to, to give towards it. But I wish I would have, because we, now later in life that we've done it, I see just the dramatic changes in body composition that has occurred in very little time with weight training. Well, you also got the residual calorie burning because muscle mass burns more. Yeah, you're building muscle, which we all need to do and maintain, or at least maintain what we have, if not build more, because it's much more metabolically active. Yep, and so you... Even while you're sitting, like, you know, sitting around on the couch. So it allows you to burn weight when you're not, and you're not stressing yourself, so you get that residual weight loss. 
But I, you, you mentioned earlier about pain management through exercise. Strength training, so I, I always talk about my hip because I have a bad hip because I drank way too much and over-exercised. And I'm healing. I actually have hope now that I've been able to reverse this. We'll know here in a few more months. But developing the muscles around my hip is the number one thing that I do for pain management. If you allow your... The difference between your bones and my bones and my joints and my and my size, and you go up to all the way up to a big football player, there's not a huge difference in those frames. It's the muscle surrounding things that are carrying that. So when you're have no muscle, you're you're making your tendons and your joints do a lot more work than they should, and that wears them out and it causes pain. And it'll it'll you'll start having joint issues, and yes. then you know what happens then when you go see the ortho doc. Oh, uh, they're gonna. They're gonna want to do surgery. And it's not that if you'll develop those muscles or around. Or inject you with something. As I develop my muscles around. Or start ar- you on insets. Around my joint. Damn your harm. <laughs> you can't talk. <laughs> Developing the surrounding muscles supports the joint and does not put all the stress on that joint. So that's why it's so important for pain management. Without it, you're not going to have any success. And cardio tends to stress the joint especially if there's not muscle. Oh, and a lot of it is you're jumping around. Mm -hmm. A lot of these um, HIIT classes are are, um, pretty demanding on the joints. Yep. Um, That's why I'm a big fan of what we do now. We do a lot of bar classes that are very, very easy on the joints, but excellent workouts. So let's switch it up on them, because there's a lot of people like, well, I like exercising more than you're saying. Okay. Great. Push-pull for weightlifting. So you're exercising multiple days in a row, but you're not using the same muscles. So in essence, you are resting. You know, we do, a lot of times we'll do... um, Cross training. That's the whole thing behind cross training is you're not overusing certain muscle groups or repetitive, you're not doing, engaging in these repetitive movements that are going to put you at risk for injury for certain joints. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're doing cardio, types of injuries. So cardio is one type, but if you start doing strength training, you can even divide it into multiple groups. We did um, buys and tries the other day, and we, and we would do we'd burn out our buys, biceps, and, they, and then we would allow them to rest while we're doing our tries, which kept our heart rate up. So we're getting kind of a cardio, yet we're building strength. And guess what? Our chest and back were they're like they're happy because they're resting because we didn't. We'll wait another day to do those. And you can get a lot of cardio doing weight training. There's high-intensity weight training circuits that you can do. And, and all, all they're doing is just reducing the amount of rest in between the motions that keeps your heart rate up. Yep. And I just learned this about five years ago. We have a marvelous physical therapist. If you're in Little, Little Rock, um, Edward Drangle at Ageless Living, he is amazing. But love, love, love me some Edward. He's amazing. And his wife is awesome too. And he was a professional power lifter. Not bodybuilder, but power lifter where it's it's the art and science of lifting weights. And he got me away from heavy weights. Because heavy weights, you make mistakes. You strain, you stress. You can develop the same amount of muscle mass. It's either, it's weight versus and motion. So you could do five reps at a high, a high weight. But if you did... 30 reps at a low weight, you're going to build the same amount of muscle. And guess what? You didn't stress those joints. You didn't stress your body. So I'm a big advocate of low weight, high, high reps. rep. And it's the easiest way, especially if you've never lifted before, 
don't try to do more and more weight. Do more and more reps. Okay. Um, anything else you want to say about uh, finding that sweet spot? We said, you know, you can't do too much cardio. Overexercising on an individual day is probably not as detrimental as, as doing it every day. Every day. So don't be freaking out like, I pushed my body too hard. That's great. Just allow it to rest. Allow, uh, know your limits. I mean, if you're, if you're, um, if your workouts are leaving you extremely fatigued and you don't feel well and, and your sleep is disrupted um, and you're starting to develop some injuries, you're, you're going to need to back off. Mm -hmm. or, or, and, well, there's lots of reasons injuries develop. Over-exercising is one, but poor, um, poor movement um, is another way of motion. You're not doing certain things correct or you've not built muscle around certain um, joints if you'll, correctly. And Amy taught me this. If you will apply this logic to everything you do, weight gain is a symptom of something wrong. So when you look at... It's a at, symptom. It's a symptom. So if you're not losing weight and you're over-exercising, you're doing it wrong. You know, if... if it, well, it, that's just one thing that you might be doing wrong. Right. So you need to look at that as optics. Weight loss is not the goal. It's getting everything working right and then the weight will just go. Yeah, and the and the and I really wanted to focus. It's primarily the impact it has on your HPA axis that is contributing to the inability to lose the weight, or you know, put it on in some instances. That's the stress cortisol. It's, that. Yes, it's the excessive stress that over exercising places on your adrenal system, or the HPA axis, and it causes these excessive amounts of cortisol. You know, chronic elevations in cortisol that are only going to, you know, they they love to, you know, cause some thyroid dysfunction. So the bottom line is, you have to do something. Exercise is not optional. You have to do it. Use it or lose it, and um, it's only going to benefit you in many many ways, which we have discussed. Um, also, stop over exercising. And the way that you judge that is, uh, you know, first of all, is it leaving you feeling super fatigued, sore muscles, trouble sleeping, just not feeling good, not recovering well? You're doing too much. And you need to consider um, the types of exercises that you're doing, whether it's too much cardio, typically is, but you've got to stop doing that. And I know it's hard to do because you, we've been ingrained to think that more is better, more is better, especially when it comes to working out. But I'm telling you, it is detrimental to your weight loss efforts. So find a balance. And if you need help finding that balance, uh, we have a health coach, Hannah, who would gladly help you. She's the one that we, uh, we send our, um, our patients who are wanting more of a exercise routine or physical activity routine. Performance issues. Performance issues. She's your girl. She ran track for um, Pepperdine. And um, she has a master's in nutrition also, so she's great. It's, it's funny, exercise is almost identical to, the, um, to food. Your body's telling you what you need. We just quit listening. Yeah. We gotta you got to learn how to re-listen. Your body will tell you what is proper if you can just learn and to listen to it. And there's nothing wrong with walking. Walking's great. I mean, it's... But you got to do some weight training too. And there's so many things to... Um, there's so many options now. Um, and I know we were supposed to wrap up real quick, but YouTube has been a savior for us. 
saved me a lot of money. We sa- we're saving ourselves 150 bucks a month because we're not having to pay a gym anymore to do stuff that we can do in, in our in our garage. We made a little part of our garage into our little home gym, and it's worked out beautifully. We we found lots of things on YouTube workouts, whether it's bar and weight training and Pilates and yoga. And um, it, we can do these things on our time and not on the gym schedule, which is often very um, conflicting with our crazy schedule. Right. Once you find exercises that you like, and if you've never done them before, do find someone, whether you pay them or a friend who really knows what they're doing, to watch your form. Because we form met, is so important. Yeah, with bar and Pilates and You'll yoga. You'll hurt yourself. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not And then gonna, you can't exercise for a week, you know, because you've hurt yourself. I mean, um, we mentioned Edward earlier. He loves and hates the plank because it's one of the best exercises in the world. It's also one of the most the most improperly done yes. exercise in the world. But um, and, and Hannah, again, she does this with some clients. She can actually critique your form mm-hmm. virtually. Right. And these are short, inexpensive sessions. So it's, it's made to augment what you're doing, not to work out with you, but to make sure you understand what to do. And then if there's mechanical issues, she can help you with that or say that you need to get someone yeah. else to help you. We with have it. been able to, and, you do, and it doesn't also, if, you, if you've never really engaged in a lot of physical activity and don't know where to start, again, uh, Hannah would be a great option for you. But it, it, you don't need a whole bunch of expensive equipment. No. You can, you can get by with very little space as well. We've been able to accomplish this in about, what, 150 square feet, mm-hmm. maybe, with some hand weights, and that's it. It's so funny. P- people really want the, I-, I want the live Peloton or this. It's like, it is cool. I like Peloton. But sorry. in the scheme of things, you don't know if it's live or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I like it. Well... I had this argument with my dad with oh, wife. Oh no! He'd Don't always talk about the scoff story. Well, he yeah, I know he'd always like I don't want to watch anything that's recorded. So I eventually just recorded a golf tournament and we watched it. And so he says, "You see, that's what I like is watching." I said, "Dad, that was recorded yesterday." <laughs> so save your money. Don't have to spend on the live. She likes the live. I like the YouTube recordings because they appear to be live. They're talking to you. They're motivating you. And then we have that one wonderful woman who we do our strength training with. She doesn't say a thing during her training. I love that also. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's literally thousands of videos to choose from of all different types of links and and um, and, a, and variety. And so there's no reason for you to use the excuse, well, I can't go to the gym. You don't have to. You can do it in your living room or your kitchen or the spare bedroom or the garage or on your patio. And so no, stop making. You can't use that that is as an excuse anymore. And no wonder you don't. And have, I'm not going to accept it as an excuse. And anymore. no wonder you don't have time because you have to get ready, go to the gym, do all Think that. Think about the time it takes to do that. I mean, you've already wasted an hour or more. Just get and do it. And then, and I know a lot of you are rushing to get to your favorite classes in the gym. You know, from work. And so you're showing up stressed. Showing up like in a frantic because you're having to fight traffic to get there and find a parking spot at the gym, and it's just. Who wants to go into a class when you're just like all key, you know keyed up yeah. from the drive over to the gym? Anyway, it's not optional, folks. Not optional. Find something that works. You know, instead of these COVID tracers, we should have exercise tracers. Wouldn't that be great? Diet tracers, stress tracers. They'd be out there watching you and, and make it, <laughs> making a real impact as opposed to being a nanny state. <laughs> 
Anyway, all right, that's all we got for you. I hope you enjoyed it. We always um, appreciate constructive criticism. If you'd like to criticize us some way that you think we, would benefit us, please reach out to us on from our website email, and um, I welcome it all. I'm pretty thick-skinned, so... And share this with your friends. Come at me. Share this with your friends, please. Please share it with your friends if you find it uh, to be beneficial and, and, and is helping you. We'll see you later. All right, guys. Bye-bye. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't smoke no blood, man. I don't do no drugs, man. It angers up that blood, man, so I don't do no drugs. I just take pack sales and Lyrica, Libertor, and Adderall, but I don't do no drugs, man.